0: That is why we lift up the name of Jesus on this program every day. Our teaching pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with today's message.
1: So today we start a brand new series on, in a book of Psalms. So I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Psalm. We're going to look at the very first chapter. Psalm chapter 1, it's a short psalm. What is the first word? of the entire book of psalms the first word of chapter one what's the first word now i want you to note the last word of chapter one what's the last word of that song what does it say what is it Perish. perish okay that's kind of interesting isn't it we think of this psalm as this great psalm and it is a great psalm but it starts with the blessing it ends with the word perish all right And that's because this book is divided into two halves. There's two halves. You have the first half, verse one, two, and three, and then the second half, verses four, five, and six. It's a story of wisdom, verses one, two, and three, and the story of folly, verses four, five, and six. And I want you today to take an honest inventory. I want you to be honest with yourself, okay? You, you you take an honest inventory and you ask yourself, am I in the first three verses, do I have the blessing of God upon my life, or am I on a road that's leading to a life where eventually I will perish and everything I know will perish? I want to look at the first word, blessed. There are two words for the word blessed. You see, we only have the English word blessed, but in the Hebrew language, they had different words. So when the guys translated it, they took this word and they put the word blessed. They saw this word and they put the word blessed. But there's actually two different meanings for the word blessed in Hebrew. The first word, write this down, it's pronounced Baruch. Uh, It looks like Barak, like the name of our president, except there are two R's and I think he has a C in that name. This is B-A-R-A-K, looks like Barak, but it's actually pronounced Baruch. And Baruch, just so you know, it is the most often word in the Bible that is used for blessing. Baruch is the most common. Baruch, write this down, has to do with grace. This is where God gives you grace. It, it's not based on man's effort. It's unmerited favor. The second Hebrew word is the word A-S-R-E. Write that down. It's pronounced "ashray." Now, Ashray is very important because Ashray the blessing is something that you merit, something that you've worked for, something that you've earned. Yes, it's God blessing you because the Bible says that all blessings come from God. Everything good uh, comes from above. God blesses us. He just gives us grace. We didn't deserve it, but he blesses us. But sometimes... An Asherah blessing is up to us, something that we do that then God blesses. That's what an Asherah blessing is. Take a guess in your intellect, which of these words, uh, Hebrew words, is it uh, Baruch or is it Asherah, the word blessed in Psalm chapter 1? Take a guess. It's the second one. It's Ashray. And what the psalmist is saying is that God has some blessings for you, but it's not just unmerited favor. These are things, if you do certain things, God says, I've got some blessings for you. So number one, the first thing he says, you have to avoid some things. And look at verse one, here it is. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of the sinners, and sit in the seat of mockers now look at those three words you should circle them in your bible walk stand sit notice the progressions of those steps this is where we all got in trouble have you ever been in trouble raise your hand if you've ever been in trouble all right yeah all of us this is how you got in trouble you weren't intending to participate you were not planning on engaging in sin you were just listening and you have been influenced by the world and then we go to the second step and this is where we all got in trouble you started lingering you see you were just walking by just walking by and all of a sudden you stop what once was a glance is now a stare and now you begin to engage just a little just a little I'm I'm not gonna stay here I I, I just want to see what that's like And before you realize it, your life has been cast into a new mold. You're so involved, you're so wrapped up into sin that you eventually get to stage number three where you actually sit down and then you join those who are mocking the things of God, telling jokes against the church, ridiculing anything that is righteousness, making fun of anything that is godly. Now you're no longer listening. You're not just lingering. Now you're lounging. You want to be a blessed man, number one. You have to avoid, avoid certain things. Number two, write this down. You have to attach yourself to some things. See, it's very simple. You have to avoid the things of this world, and then you have to attach yourself to the Word of God. Oh, I love this. This is the man, he says, look at verse 2, his delight. Everybody say the word delight. His delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. It can't be any simpler than that, folks. You have to make a choice in your life to stop walking in the counsel of the wicked, stop lingering with the unsaved, stop sitting down with the unrighteous and pick you up a Bible, the Word of God, and fall in love, delight yourself, meditate, enjoy, meditate. I'm not talking about five minutes before you go to work or five minutes before you go to bed. I'm talking about you pick up the Word of God and you meditate on it day and night and you simply fall in love with this book. Last thing before I go on, okay? Before I go on. Some of you think, well, I could never spend a whole day in prayer and meditation. And in your notes, on, on October 22nd, we're going to have an all-day here at the church. Inside your bulletin, you should get one of these, all right? And then on October 22nd, we want you to come and join us as we'll start at 8 o'clock in the morning and go till 6 o'clock at night and we're going to pray, and we're going to sing, we're going to worship, we're going to read God's Word, and we're going to spend the entire day. And some of you, if you've never been, if you've ever been, you understand it. it, It's the greatest, it's the greatest experience you've ever uh, been through. If you've never been, you come and you watch, you watch. If you take one day out of your life, and you come and you join us as we take that day, you watch, you will experience that day, the Asherah blessing of God upon your life. You will experience that. Now, There are four blessings, four blessings, write them down. Four things that happen if you'll do that. Number one, you'll be prosperous. I don't know anyone who does not want to be prosperous. And and we're all trying by the wrong ways. Because this says if you avoid the things of the world and you attach yourself to the Word of God, you will be prosperous. So you should try God's formula, okay? Try God's formula. God has an asherah blessing for you if you'll do that. Number two, write this down. You'll be victorious. Victorious. Now he goes into the negative here, verse 4, 5, and 6. But even in the negative, we can draw out of that something positive for those of us that are believers. He says in verse 4, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Verse 5, therefore the wicked will not stand in the what? What does that mean? That means there is coming a day of judgment. And, and, and you've got to understand that when God, God decides it's time, it's going to be time for the judgment to fall. And when that moment happens, those that are listening to the counsel of the wicked, those who are standing with sinners, those who are lounging and laughing at the things of God, God says those people will not be able to stand on the day of judgment. And guess who will be standing on the day of judgment? Those of us that have attached ourselves and who meditate on the word of God, we will be victorious on that day. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, look at verse 5 again. Look at verse 5 again. He says, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the what the righteous one day there's going to be a huge assembly of all those who are righteous number three write this down quickly we will be protected look at verse six the lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked will what will perish now don't be mad at me that's what the bible says okay that phrase watches over is the same phrase that a parent watches over his children what does it mean when a parent watches over every parent should be able to relate to this a parent watching over his child most of the times the kid doesn't even know you're looking at him the kids down there they're doing whatever they want to do the parent is back just kind of watching watching over just kind of watching them and if anything bad is happening, that parent then intervenes and protects that child. Why? Because the parent doesn't want anything really bad. He wants to protect and provide for that child. And that's exactly what this phrase means when it says that God will watch over those who are righteous. If you're here today... And you say no to the things of this world. And you decide that you're going to be a man of this book, a woman of this book. The Bible says at that moment that God will prosper you. He's going to protect you. He's going to provide for you. You'll be victorious. But he's going to watch. Oh, he's going to watch over you and make sure that you have everything that you need. And and, and I want to say this again. if If I have to protect, if you have to protect, if you have to watch over, it means that you're living in some times where maybe some bad things can actually happen to you. Why would it say that God's going to watch over you? If you don't need to be watched over, you're fine. But because of the world in which we live, God watches over us because of the world in which we live, just like you watch over your child because of the world in which we live. And number four, number four is this word buoyed. Buoyed. You know what a buoy is? It's a marker that goes out in the ocean. It's just a buoy. It just floats there. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 5 real quick, real quick. Matthew chapter 5. We go from Psalm 1 to Matthew 5. Matthew 5 are when we have the first words of Jesus. And Jesus gives what's called the Sermon on the Mount. These are His words. And the Sermon on the Mount begins in Matthew chapter 5 with what's called the Beatitudes. And if you know anything about the Beatitudes, what's the first word of the Beatitudes? The word blessed. There it is in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You see that? Blessed are those who mourn blessed are the meek blessed are those you have all those blessed i want to ask you a question these blessed these were this word blessed you think it's the it's the baruch type of blessing or the ashery type of blessing it's the ashery type of blessing this is one of those spots in the bible in psalm chapter one it's the same meaning for the word blessed over here in in matthew chapter five now many years ago i had a professor in college who told me this most people translate the word blessed here with the word happy you'll hear that you read translations you'll see the word blessed means happy so you could read this they say happy are the poor in spirit happy are those who mourn Now I don't know if you've ever truly mourned but mourning is not really a happy experience and my professor told me this and I've always I've always believed what he said I've I've done some research on it the word blessed does not mean to be happy he says the word blessed means to be buoyed, to, 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 you're, you you in the midst, you're in the midst of the storm, but the storm is not going to defeat you. Amen. Oh, you might get thrown around a little bit out there, but you're always going to be okay. Right? That's the only way that verse makes sense. Verse, verse uh, four, blessed are those who mourn. That can't read happy are those that are mourned. The only thing that can make sense is buoyed are those who mourn you go ahead and mourn but you're going god's gonna get you through this as we close i gotta stay with me i gotta tell you a story 25 years ago i moved from des moines iowa to the san fernando valley and when i moved here i left a church i left people that i'd been preaching to for seven years a staff and friends i came here i didn't know any of you one of my friends in Iowa, his name was Jim Mars. And Jim was a man of the Word. Every time we were together, he would be talking about Scriptures in the Bible. And one day, I got word that he had a brain tumor. Jim also taught the, one of the largest Sunday school classes in the entire state of Iowa. He's just a godly, godly man. And we're about the same age this just, just 25 years we were young back then young I mean young I mean, he had to be in his 20s or something like that uh, late 20s early 30s got this brain tumor and I remember going to the hospital I didn't know what I was going to say to the guy what do you say what do you say to someone who's got a brain tumor they don't know if he's going to make it and you're going to walk in and what are you going to say to him I don't know what to say I walked in there and he goes Dudley everything's going to be okay buddy don't you worry about anything I'm in good hands. I'm in good hands. Now the only guy that can say something like that at a moment like that is a man who's in the word. A worldly man can't respond like that. And I don't know if it was the Baruch of God or the Ashray of God, but he came through that surgery and they gave Jim a clean bill of health. And so I moved. I ended up moving and uh, we've always stayed in touch. He has a beautiful wife named Jackie, and two, he had two small children at the time. Their names were Dustin and Missy, two little tiny kids. So for the last 25 years, I've kind of stayed in touch, right? Maybe, maybe 12, 13 years ago, I, I don't know the exact date, but I got a phone call once that Jim's wife had ovarian cancer. And so they began to go and do all the things you do And this woman, for years, for years, she's battled. She's been on death's door, and she'd come back. Right on death's door, she'd come back. And finally, in July, July of 2010, two years ago, at age 53, Jackie Mars, Jim's wife, went to be with the lord So here I am again trying to call the guy, trying to encourage him, you know, best I can. And I always feel like, "Jim, you got to get out of the house. You got to go on with your life, you know. You can't You can't live in that place of pain forever." And just two days ago, three days ago, I called him just because I was worried about him for no reason. God just put him on my heart. I just wanted to, I was trying to get him to come out here and see us and hang out with us for a little bit. So I call him up. He goes, Dudley! I go, what? He goes, guess what? What? He goes, I'm getting married this weekend. I go, what? I go, what? He goes, yeah, I'm getting married. He goes, Dudley, it's a long He says, it's the longest story. He goes, I really don't have time to tell you the story. But it was miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. I met this woman. She's a preacher's daughter. She was raised in the church. Dudley, oh, listen, God is so good. He goes, Dudley, I want to tell you the story, but I don't have time to tell you that story. But I got to tell you another story. He goes, the last week of Jackie's life, this, this goes back to July of 2010, said we were in the hospital. Me, Dustin, Missy, and they've got all the grandkids. Missy, his only daughter, looked over to Jim and said, Dad, we've been fighting this for a long time, but this is the first time that it's dawned on me, the void that I'm going to have to live with, that we're all going to have to live with when Mom is gone. And she said, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. And Jim told me this. He said, Dudley, I knew right then as the spiritual leader of this house, i got to tell my daughter something. So Jim turns to his daughter and says, Missy, if that's what you feel and that's all you think about, you're right. You're going to have that emptiness the rest of your life. But he said, if you'll give that over to God and you'll just go to God and you'll say, God... I've got this void in my life because my mom is gone. Would you please send something in my life, God? I don't care what it is. Send something in my life to fill that void. Jim said to his daughter, he said, Missy, God will send something into your life to fill that void. Only a man who's in the Word of God can say something at a moment like that missy they left the hospital the mother dies they do the service she's got four little girls grand granddaughters and they were all praying Lord, Lord what what should we do all the time we've been caring for our mom what could we do now and they had this impression that they needed to open up their home to invite someone to come live actually in their house one of the little girls was a gymnast and they told the instructor at the gymnast school hey my mama died and we have this void and we just feel like we're supposed to open up we've been caring for mama we could care for another person if there's you ever have you ever have anyone who needs a place to stay they can stay with us and Jim said that instructor called about two weeks later and said, Missy, we've got a girl. She's 15 years old. She's 15. She comes from the East Coast and said, we had put her in one house and it's just terrible. She's about to move back. Is there any way you would be willing to host this girl? And Missy said, yes. And so for the last two years, see, 2010, the last two years, Missy's been taking care of those four little girls. They welcome this 15-year-old girl as one of their own. They've been teaching this girl the Bible, mentoring her, taking her to church loving on her providing for her and Jim said Dudley do you know who that little girl is they've been taking care of for the last two years he goes her name is Gabby Douglas he said yeah he said Dudley the last two years have been so incredible we gave this over to God, and we just asked God, and can you imagine, can you imagine a young girl who lost her mother and having that emptiness and going to God and say, God, would you fill that up? And she didn't know anything. Here's a 15-year-old girl comes, and for two years she pours her life, and Jim pours her life into this girl. And, and to be with her along this ride for the last two years, and here in the London Olympics just a few weeks ago, Gabby Douglas becomes the first African-American woman to ever win a gold medal in the all-around event for the gymnastics.
0: We have a special gift for everyone listening today to help with your daily Bible reading. It's our Anchored Journal, a complete 365-day Bible reading guide and journal that will help you stay connected to God's Word throughout the coming year. It works with any version of the Bible you are currently reading. The Anchored Journal comes in a choice of colors and can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. It's as simple as calling our toll-free number, 888 888- 818 4777. You won't want to miss out on this limited time offer, so be sure to call right now. Our number again is 888 818 4777. The Anchored Journal can also be found on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Get yourself anchored to God's Word with your personal anchor Journal today.
2: We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing. Rediscover a simpler faith in our complicated world. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of scripture, where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, one thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there. And this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything.
0: I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.